Well, we're back. Today on BRC and Friends, we have a mini-sode with a quick summer check-in with me, Jorge Bautista, and Lori Monaco Heifetz. I give them a few prompts, and as usual, we just riff. We take on the January 6th hearings, Brittany Griner, the Supreme Court, COVID and counting popsicles, and who has the best tacos, Northern or Southern California, and how we keep at it in a time of so much political crappiness. Oh, and there's new theme music from the amazing Marissa Magdal Laron. Thanks for being here. Grab a beverage, pull up a chair, and welcome to BRC and Friends, our summer check-in mini-sode. My name is Bruce Reyes-Chow, and this is BRC and Friends. Each episode, my co-hosts and I chat with activists, artists, academics, and adventurers to discuss politics, faith, pop culture, technology, and as you will discover, pretty much everything that pops into our heads. This is basically an excuse for us to hang out with friends and colleagues and riff about things that matter. Welcome to BRC and Friends. Oh, it's good to be back. It's been a long time away, but BRC and Friends, we are back. BRC and Friends is back. I can never remember what that verb is. Uh, we got a ton of shows coming up for the pipeline. Uh, October is Filipino American History Month, uh, so I'm lining up a, a few uh, guests for that. But uh, we're just going to jump right into this mini-sode. It's a short check-in. Uh, so we're going to first introduce ourselves, and then uh, one thing you want to share about your summer. And I will invite Laura to go first. Uh, Laura Mariko Heifetz. I use pronouns she, her, and hers. Coming in from Nashville, Tennessee, I work at Vanderbilt Divinity School. And one thing I did this summer was I saw my family for the first time since 2019. And it was wow. delightful. Where did you go? I was in the Bay Area and then on the Oregon coast where it was below 60 degrees at some point every day. And it was amazing. Oh, it feels so good. Um, Jorge and I have just come out of a heat wave here in California, and it was terrible, terrible. So, um, Jorge, what about you? Uh, I'm introducing myself first, right? Jorge yep. Bautista, pronounce he, him, his. Uh, you know, my summer was kind of uh, not the best summer I've had. Uh, Spent uh, the whole month of July with COVID, it seemed like. I think I'm still recovering from oh. that. I got, it knocked me out really bad for 15 days. I uh, couldn't even swallow my own saliva. It was horrible. What kept me alive was eating 152 popsicles during that 15 days. That was my medication. I never thought I would ever eat so many popsicles in my life, but sure enough, hey, let me tell you, it helped. It was the only thing that was really soothing my throat and was able to get some kind of liquid going because not even water. I could have swallowed water. I had to really force it. It was oh. just, it was excruciating amount of pain I was experiencing. Wow. So oh. uh, on top of that, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Bruce, if you know, we had our senior minister retire right before the summer. So I had to take on extra responsibilities while we found our interim senior minister at church. So that also was not fun doing at all. But uh, here I am, you know, so all is good. Wow. Uh, well, yeah, as you know. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I know. So many thoughts behind that. <laughs> I was going to say, I, 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 as you know, I, I was the COVID person, too, so I totally feel you. I just think it's interesting that you can know an exact count of your popsicles. The popsicles. Yeah. Why? Because my partner saved all the boxes and oh. counted them, you oh. know, because it came, I think, 
eight or ten. Or <laughs> I can't remember how many popsicles. So, you know, we looked at all the boxes and added them. Like, oh, shit. That was a lot of popsicles. That's impressive. So, so I guess that that is my highlight, eating all those popsicles. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm you did. I'm curious about the okay. range of popsicle flavors. Oh, yeah. There were all, there were, there were natural popsicles. Being there was different, there were like fruit popsicles, right? No yeah. sugar, no nothing. So, they were really good. Mm-hmm. Really good type of popsicles. So from strawberry to watermelon to lime to, you know, it was a variety. I, I, got, I got options. You know, good old American way, right? Grape. Grape. Grape for life. Grape popsicles are the only way to go. Yep. So I'm sorry I have to be honest. I wish I could give you a better highlight, but honestly, the summer has been has been yeah. challenging. Has that, been challenging. Uh, oh, that's terrible. Well, I'm glad you are on the mend a little bit. I mean, as you know, I had to deal with COVID and uh, left my job and still not any better than I was two months ago, which sucks. But um, here, here I am. So my summer, uh, Bruce Rice Chow, he and pronouns. I am coming to you from San Jose, California, where we are now living. I would have never thought I would live in San Jose. It's hot as hell here. And it's far away from everything. But uh, this is where we are now. Um, Our summer, though, I committed to not doing anything um, strenuous or ministry. And we uh, so we went to Hawaii for a month. And I know it's it's my kids. It's a little problematic. We're trying to justify being vacationers in Hawaii. uh, But we went. So we went for a month, hung out, um, did a variety of things. Um, and, and are back now. And I'm now looking at gigging a little bit, but I'm not looking at full-time ministry. I'm just kind of uh, doing doing our thing. And so uh, glad to be in the podcast. All right. So what we're going to do for the summer check-in, uh, just to get a little bit of I, like – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just realized I failed to mention where I'm at, too. Oh, yeah. Where are you? I realized everyone mentioned their location. Uh, well, I'm currently in Merced, California, but I'm from the Bay, and uh, my hometown is San Jose. And uh, it's not too far away from everything, Bruce. I think that's where you're at. Dude, I'm in South San Jose. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you are way away. Yeah. Even even people from San Jose, when I tell them where I am, they're like, oh, yeah, that's south. Yeah. yeah. You you might as well go hang out in Gilroy. Seriously. And at that point. Yeah, Seriously, yeah. I tell people. I totally had an auntie who was in Gilroy. It was really far away. I told people, I'm like, we could go, we could just go on over to the outlets. Like, it's not a big trip now. Yeah. Anyway, it's terrible. Yeah. It's way out here. All right. Uh, summer happenings, y'all. We're going to take a little bit. I'm just going to give you a few phrases and you can just uh, respond as you will. First phrase January 6th hearings. What is that? The January 6th hearings, the hearings on the insurrection of January 6th. So I'm assuming you might have been, you might have been, <laughs> you might have been, been out, out of it. for all of that. When they At were the doing, Super Bowl or something? No, oh, the hearings. Okay. okay. <laughs> always one. There's always uh, one. Some of those hearings, I know, <laughs> some of those hearings I thought were just like, Wow. I mean, because I couldn't watch all of them because, you know, I have a job. So I was working and but occasionally I especially when they did the primetime ones or when I would drop in like in between meetings or whatever. I was like, this is actually really serious. This is it's kind of worse than I thought. Maybe. Yeah. Some of it. What we're learning. 
So anyway, yeah, I have a lot of feelings about that. Yeah, I, I was watching this. I decided I was to sad. block it out. Oh, good. Good for you. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I came with the approach of I'm, I'm, I'm so skeptical and suspicious of everything, especially their government, right? Where I told myself, until there's news flash and there's someone in cuffs and people in cuffs, then I will talk about it. Before all that, it's going to be a waste of my time. I don't trust our court systems either. I just don't. I just didn't care for it, honestly. Right? Yeah. So I cho- I intentionally chose to not participate. You're probably you're probably one that I already. You're you're wiser than us. Yeah. No. Totally. I, I, I watched it. I watched it. I watched the first one and maybe another one. I still reserved the right to be shocked at how terrible that everything was. Like I, I kind of almost like, and then I was like, yeah, okay. And then I didn't really check in the rest of the time about it, but yeah, terrible, terrible. Anyway. All right. Your next thing, Brittany Griner. This is just really awful. It's like really awful. The situation is just so bad. And I'm really mad that she is still stuck over there and that they went through with the whole, because obviously like our system is bad, but their system is clearly worse. Anyway, it's bad. I feel bad yeah. for her. I, well, and I, I, my thing was people were wondering why there was an outrage. And then there was kind of a, the state department wanted everybody to kind of be silent about it until, and then it still never got any real uh, visibility. And now it's disappeared. I haven't seen anything lately uh, about it. it just yeah it's terrible and if it were anybody else that wasn't somebody like Brittany Griner there'd have been much more of an outrage this was one of those that I was like oh man if if it were anybody else yeah Jorge absolutely I mean I I mean there's nothing more to say we know I mean there's the black uh, basketball star we're talking about right yeah. um it is it is very clear if it was anybody else we would, you know, media would have been all over. It would have done our best petitions, whatever, right? But it's, uh, yeah. I I hope we could do better. I hope, obviously, hearing about all of the things that, um, what she's going to be dealing with. I mean, I just hope that somehow there's something done to get her out. I mean, it's just, um, just listening to. I can't imagine. I'm scared of incarceration in general just in, in and but can you i mean just somewhere not knowing the language all the other things that are going on she's going to stand out so much i was just oh it's terrible so all right I, i'm bringing in all the cheery stuff i guess i could have picked three that were okay here's your last one supreme court oh go to hell what is, <laughs> what is that again supreme court what is it? we have one we have one we do you have know what one. kills me is thinking about oh. this like Jewish woman, this Latina woman, and this black woman, and they're just like holding the line. And yeah. that is so of course it's these women who are the ones who are now holding the line. <laughs> anyway, I'm very frustrated right now with this entire situation. <laughs> Please, you without uteruses, talk to me. <laughs> yes. It was just so many bad decisions. Do you know what I mean? It's like so I many. I know. Ugh. I don't know what we're going to do. Like, what's going to happen? 
Or hey, you get to solve yeah, it. What do, what's it what's the solution? Burn it down. What's the solution? Yep. Oh yes, I have all the answers. Uh, <clears throat> uh, getting, I think, more white men in the Supreme Court oh, would help, help uh, <laughs> the situation. Um, I, I think we need to make that great again somehow, and you know, bring that back. Wow, it's inspiring. I know. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, it's just like, oh, it was like over and over and like all these. And I'm just like, we, there is not going to be a good decision that's going to come out, really. There might be ones that mm. are not terrible and and makes, you know, what, but then there's just going to be nothing. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Like the EPA uh, one was really bad. Uh, Tribal yeah. sovereignty was really bad. Oh God, and then, of yes. course. I'm reminded that Gorsuch is really good on tribal sovereignty, which is very confusing to me, but that's something he's always been good at anyway. But there are just so many decisions that were kind of gutting, I think, some assumptions that we had started to make around protections and rights and all of that as just I'm, I had a moment. Yeah, and, and we know if if um, if if. if Trump doesn't get handcuffed. He's going to use all this as how he succeeded, right? Oh yeah. Like th- these are his. This is what he uh, stands on McConnell. right here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, and and you're already seeing so. that for those who are single issue or just one thing, like they've already won. Like they've already. This is exactly why what we wanted to have happen, and now it's happened. Right. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I mean, what? So what is the response? I mean, that like, what's, what's the response to all this? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, there's ground, you know, grassroots stuff doing local, but then also this national stuff. And what are we supposed to do now? I mean, it's, are we expanding the court? Are we trying to get them to have terms? Are we trying to impeach? I mean, there seems to be, I don't, doesn't feel like there's any movement towards any kind of solution to what's going on i mean i think it's back to the whole like we have to save ourselves and each other it's just a reminder of that because i think um it had gotten to the point well for some things it's actually okay and the courts are going to catch it but now obviously since the court is willing to undo their own precedent then that's not going to work anymore and so we at you know, local levels, municipal levels, state levels, we just are going to have to work really hard and do the work. And I think some of what um, living in the South for so long has, it has been a reminder that that is really where the action is, that if we can, Mm -hmm. uh, because we've been so gerrymandered and so voter suppressed across the South for so long. And so people are really building a lot of power at the grassroots level and it's hard to see it because of the gerrymandering and the voter suppression and the weird narratives around um, the South. But I think uh, there are some really important movements happening and just recognizing that it's always been kind of bad here. You know, Roe was the floor, not the ceiling. Mm. So now that after the Hobbes decisions, it's like, well, here we are. We're just going to have to take care of each other and fight like hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I, I think California, too, we get a little bit, uh, we romanticize our own space. I mean, I, I think, and we, 
And, and so yes. like, how do we, what, what are we supposed to do in our own spaces other than just talk shit about all the other States? Um, and you know what Gavin's doing, we could break, we could break off. <laughs> we could at uh, Northern and Southern California scene. though. Yeah. I, I don't know if I want to be no, with Southern no, no, California. No, 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 one state. No, Northern yeah. California wants to be with Southern California. Have you seen it? I do. Okay, I do. there's one. Yeah, absolutely. Many of us, especially Chicanos, we are, you know, our people yeah, up and down true. the state. So, uh, I mean, yeah, we argue about who has the best tacos and stuff, but I think we could reconcile that somehow. Wait, who has the best you know? tacos? L.A. does. I hate to admit it. But LA what? Does. I mean, they do. They really? do. They do. Oh yeah, I don't spend they, enough they time down there because you know my people are Northern and, California. Um, I mean, I, how can I? I mean, it's closer to the motherland as sure. well. How can uh, I? Not, I guess that. I mean, how can they not be? That's a good point. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I, that, I'm gonna grab funny. that quote out of this episode as our teaser, just to you know bring people in. L.A. has the best tacos, and see how it goes. <laughs> You know, I always think about how can we look back to our ancestors as those that fought first, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, what's different today than it was back then when they were fighting, right? Roe versus Wade. And, you know, what can we, what kind of tools can we use and, and follow, especially, you know, women to, you know, push forward? And uh, because, I could, you know, it's hard not to think, right? It must have been harder back then than it is today, right? Especially if you're a black or brown woman, right? So... Uh, but yeah, yeah, here we are. I mean, are, are we more comfortable today than we were back then? Was it a whole movement that was back then that we don't have today? Where's that spirit, right? How can we summon that spirit to this? Yeah, I I think we have gotten complacent and took it took for granted where things were when it clearly these last additions to the Supreme Court, we're going to lead us exactly to where we are. And mm-hmm. now it's like, so what do we, we do? And I, I look at my kids, I have two in college right now, about what they're doing and where kind of their energy is and their, you know, their folks. Um, and it's interesting to see, you know, I think going back to what you said, Laura, I mean, mutual aid and that kind of concept around community support and care is huge in their worlds. I mean, I, we give just as much to mutual aid causes these days than we would have ever given just a few years ago, um, which has been an interesting shift in just thinking about how we engage in community um, and, and that work. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, you were going to say something. Right? I, I, I do also. I, I do have to also say an observation that has been interesting is. When I look when I look at my circle of friends and I'm around mostly women, we're talking about this, but men are not talking about it as much also. So that I think also while it's not the solution by any means, but it's just, I mean, I'm just thinking how can men get more involved in even having these conversations like we're having right now? Because when I'm around most men, they're not bringing this up. We're not talking about these this issue by any means. So I think men need to, you know, kind of start creating these uh, narratives also. Where What are they thinking? Where are they standing? Where I mean, we're not hearing from men and we need to. Men need to start, you know, putting their voices out there and taking that stand as well, right? So something is going on too with the, you know, 
And and of course, I'm thinking about you know those men that identify themselves as liberal progressives, and um, you know, so yep. No, I think you're right, and and not. I think part of it is that it's like well-meaning white folks who, well, I don't want to say anything, so the only options are to take up space or or remain silent, and that nuance in between to actually engage your own power and influence in in ways that are meaningful is just harder work. Um, and so what does that look like for, for the guys in the room? Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. So there's three cheery topics there. Uh, uh, what's one new thing that's coming to your life? Uh, one new thing, uh, that's brought you joy in the last summer or whatever it could be. What's, it's been a while since we've all connected, but what's, what's a new thing that's coming to your life? Give me a person activity show, whatever. I don't know. I'll share you mine. Um, because I'm not proud, but here's the, my children, uh, you know, super justice focused are going to go into work that, um, is not going to make them a lot of money. I think, uh, they're going to be, who knows what they're going to be doing, but we've all gotten into F1 lately because of that damn Netflix show. And both my kids started watching it. So we talk about F1 now in our household, and it's weird. Do you mean Formula Formula One? One. Yes. Like the, the racing, cars. The car- racing? <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. They're like really loud, right? Yeah, it's the No, ones that's the that, European it, one, I thought. It's, it, F1 are oh. the ones that F1s are the ones that race through cities and uh it's Yeah, uh, okay. Not, we just not have not a, Yeah, not around a a, a track. It's not, this, not just a circle. Yeah. But it's oh. no. This one's like it's it's Le Mans. It's uh, um, there's are yeah, they electrical all... cars? No, no, no. Because that would uh, help me to justify it oh. more. But no, that not even that. it is. It <laughs> oh, is a I sport see. of the elite. And burning the... rubber and gas. And my <laughs> and my my two kids, they know everything about F one right now. And I'm like, what has happened? <laughs> Like, so we will sit rather, we used to, you know, I remember I would used to sit, I don't watch football anymore. So I used to sit and watch football game. I'll watch a baseball game twice this summer, sat down with the kids and we watched an F1 race on TV. Wow. I don't know what's happened, but there you go. That's for the world to know. And, and I am team Norris for those of you listening to F1, Lando Norris, who, who drives, Norris? From, who, who, who drives from McLaren. That's who I'm for. In any case. All right, Laura, what's something new that's coming to your life? Well, I have the... McLaren. Oh, sorry. We're moving on from F1 because clearly uh, clearly I am with, uh, you know, folks who are not as as refined as I uh, in the F1 world. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Go right to hell, sir. I I try my best to be well-rounded. I mean, I really do. Uh, Laura, what's new in your world? Um, well, I have to say in the work world, my office is now almost fully staffed and it is such a joy. So it's really nice to like be able to engage in my work um, with students and not feel so like overwhelmed. So that's nice to have full staffing. But I will say personal life. Uh, we I think we like soccer, pro soccer. Yes. Like, oh. like a lot. So we only did three games, but we liked them a lot. And I'm just saying that could be our thing, actually. Yes. Because awesome. Nashville has a pretty good team. 
Yes. And a brand new stadium and it's beautiful and fun. And we found ourselves with my spouse looking up the chance <laughs> the last time we were there so she could do the chance. What is the chant? I mean, they have a lot of different chants. It depends what's going on in the field, right? Like the one that's like, we're telling them to go away or you're saying like, we're going to win tonight or anyway, there's a lot. There's a lot Were to you learn. All, it's a do, different do you culture. all sit? Do you all sit in the fan section? Okay, so the first two times we did not, but the last time this weekend we did sit in the supporters section, and yeah. we're always going to be in the supporters section because first of all, you're not sitting, you're standing, yeah. and so it's very exciting. Right. And then all the chants are there, and there's like a whole group of supporters that are like Spanish speakers and they wear gold and it's very entertaining. And then there's like all these different supporters clubs and I, I think I'm into it. Awesome. Soccer. That's exciting. I know. Yeah. We, we're a big yeah. soccer. We're a huge yeah. soccer family still. Uh, both my kids are playing again in college. So we're excited. I'm going to be heading down many times this year to go watch um i wish we had a women's team around us we don't really we don't have one though yes uh, so that's i'm not that i've gotten to see the earthquakes and i'm just they're just not exciting. i mean you're kind of close to la now since you're really deep oh my god <laughs> 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 that was so rude I mean, just go support the la team and then go have tacos man <laughs> yeah apparently <laughs> That's just mean. I'm yeah, y'all must be really straight. You know, I'm a big Dodger fan too. That's, no, yeah, what? Dodgers, like my second favorite team. Yeah, yeah. What? Ace fan then Dodgers. Okay, yeah. okay. Do you like baseball? Okay. Yeah. I'm going. Uh, Robin yeah. and I are going to a San Jose Giants game tonight. Actually, at the recording of this, they are in the playoffs. So I I hate the Giants, but I could. I'm down for minor league baseball. I really hate the Giants. I know. I I do do I. I actually bought a San Jose Giants hat, but I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't get the one that was orange and black. I got the one that's white and black. Yeah, I I, I do yeah. like to uh, com- try to convince people. If you've never been to a Dodger game in LA, you should really go. To oh one. yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's it's such a cultural. I mean, most of the people are Chicanos or Mexican. You don't. You wouldn't even. You think you're in Mexico? Actually, you know, there's mariachi <laughs> bands around. I mean, it's it's a really incredible site. The only downside of it is the amount of police that's in there because of the kind of people that are there. I mean, there's like choppers flying around, constant surveillance. But but if you could suspend that and focus on the on, on the people who are there and the music that is there and the smells, it's quite it's quite amazing. Well, I think for, um, I do have for, to say for, that this soccer game. That we were at, it was for Hispanic heritage, so there was a honky tonk mariachi band. Just want you to know. A honky tonk. Yeah, <laughs> honky tonk mariachi. It, it is Nashville. They, is that where you kind of move your waist? It's Nashville. Turn away. <laughs> what? Or is honky tonk kind of has to do with the waist, your hips, right? No. Um, What's honky tonk? <laughs> no, I it's think like it's a, like. Country-esque. It's like a dance, right? Don't they move? Isn't it? Don't they have a particular dance? Honky probably. That's probably like the whole line dancing and everything. Oh, Oh, we're both not good at this part of. We need a true southerner over here. (laughs) (laughs) We probably offended an entire culture of people just in in that. Isn't that a dance? (laughs) Apologies. I'm out. I'm leaving. (laughs) 
man. All right, Jorge, what's new? Uh, I mean, you had to just do, you had COVID, but anything good, new, exciting to come in your life? Yes, yes. So, so as I mentioned, you know, I, 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 you know, because of COVID, I used, to, you know, I was living in San Jose. COVID brought me to Merced, which is the Central Valley, right? And um, but I, um, I'm, I'm excited that I found some housing in San Mateo, so I will be there four days out of the week. And I'm just, uh, you know, I love the Bay Area, right? It's home, and it's just different climate, different everything. And I'm excited to be back in the Bay in that way. I'm just really just, it's going to make just the difference in my world, really. To Because uh, I was commuting to the Bay and back from Merced, which is a two-hour commute, oh. right? So I'm like, so I, I'm just also happy to be giving up that commute as well, at least once a week. So so that's yeah. really good news for me. Oh, good. Yeah, I did not realize you were making that commute. That's terrible. Ooh. Yeah, well, until I found the right housing, you know, we know it's hard. Yeah. And uh, so yep. something really worked out for me that would help me be back there. Awesome. Well, great. All right, you all, I am so glad to reconnect. Um, we will see each other over the next month or so with some recording. Um, so, folks, uh, thanks for stopping by for our mini-sode. Next week, you'll get a check-in with Mickey and Amy Kim and I. And then in October, there is going to be a lot of Filipino in your ears. we got filmmakers, activists, have actors, which I'm very excited. I'm not going to say their names yet, but we have a couple of actors that we have direct connected to. Mm-hmm. Academics. Looking and least, forward to be part of that. Yes, and one drag queen who you all are gonna love. Whoever gets to be part of that with uh, so awesome. uh, Alexa, Alexa Manila. There's a whole um, Filipino drag queen culture. A lot of them are last name Manila. The best name was Sam Manila. Anyway, so oh, we're gonna do that. Yeah, then that good. Um, <laughs> So, again, we thank you for being here. Please consider becoming a patron, support the production costs, and keep me out of trouble with my spouse. And before you swipe left away from this podcast, do all the podcast things, uh, subscribe, review, all those kind of things. Again, thanks for being with us today on BRC and Friends, and we will see you next week. BRC and Friends was hosted and produced by Bruce Reyes Chow. Co-hosts were Jorge Bautista, Mickey Scott Bay Jones, Amy Kim Karemis Parks, and Laura Monaco Heifetz. And the theme music was composed and recorded by Marissa Magdal Laron. Please head over to Patreon and toss us a few bucks, and feel free to connect with any of us via the show notes. And lastly, please don't make me beg. Take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to BRC and Friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Until the next episode, thanks for listening to BRC and Friends.